Ever wonder if one day in this world that we live in, smartphones could control your body? Well, in today's world, they actually do. And for some populations in this world, those individuals with diabetes, smartphones, continuous glucose monitors, and insulin pumps help control, change, and possibly even save their lives. Thanks for joining us again on Brush Up on EMS. I'm Bob, your colorful host. And if you're new to the podcast, greetings and hallucinations. If you're a faithful listener, thanks for tuning in again. Now, let's challenge some common thought on diabetes and continuous glucose monitors. Stay up on all the brush up on EMS genre from Facebook to YouTube to the new thing that we've got, podcasts. Podcasts can be found on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and various other web podcast suppliers. You also can like, comment, and subscribe on Facebook, Podcasts, and YouTube. So stay up on all the brush up on EMS genre. Previously on Brush Up on EMS, we talked about kidneys and how the kidneys affect the body, how the kidneys filter our urine, and how the kidneys dealing with homeostasis can have a huge impact on someone with diabetes. So today on Brush Up on EMS, we're talking about technology and how it's affecting diabetics around the world. What is a continuous glucose monitor? What is an insulin pump? How do the smartphones affect these various individuals who have diabetes? Well, stay tuned and listen as we talk about all of these various technologies and how they're helping diabetics in today's world. Diabetics need to have controlled blood sugars. If their blood sugars are going high, if they're going low, those are not good for the diabetics in this day and age. It's only been in the past hundred years that diabetics have started getting care, especially from insulin. In about 1910, we saw the first use of insulin prolonging the life of people with type 1 diabetes. In the 1960s, we saw one of the first insulin pumps created, and it was in the size of a backpack. Now, today, we have continuous glucose monitors that are monitoring blood sugars uh, constantly without having to poke the finger with a point-of-care monitor. We have insulin pumps that are delivering little boluses of insulin throughout the day to help control their blood sugars from going too high and also shutting off if they're starting to go too low. The technology out there is becoming incredible on how it's helping diabetes. Now when we think about diabetes we have to understand a few things to understand continuous glucose monitors and insulin pumps and how the technology is helping. So first off Let's talk about the diet of yesterday. The diet of yesterday 
we're talking about back in the Neolithic caveman, um, whatever era you want to consider, was the hunter-gatherer style. They were exercising, they were moving around, they didn't know when their next meal was coming. And so the body uh, stored that food because in that energy and turned it into fat so that they could survive longer. Otherwise, if it didn't, they would eventually die off. Now, in today's age, our lifestyle is immediate. We want things now. And so, and we have to have things that are shelf stable. So one of the things that we do to make things shelf stable is to add preservatives. And a lot of preservatives that are added to food and that also fill us up are carb laden. And this affects diabetics. Diabetics need to have reduced carb intake because when we take in carbs, they break down into simple sugars causing the blood sugar to rise. Now in a normal human being, the blood sugar would rise, the pancreas would realize the rise in blood sugar, it would release some insulin based on the hormonal levels and the blood sugar in the bloodstream and it would release the insulin being the key to open up the cell and allow the sugar to enter, be used, wasted and excreted through the urine as we previously discussed in the uh, renal emergencies podcast. Well, in a diabetic, if their pancreas is not working, i.e. it's not producing any insulin, they have to start taking in insulin. So if it's not producing any insulin, that sugar is just spinning around inside the body, not going anywhere. And we remember talking about the kidneys, it doesn't kick out all of the waste products. So there's still going to be sugar left over inside the body. So a type one diabetic, which who is a insulin dependent diabetic, which normally is found in your juvenile age groups. However, you can find some type one diabetics that are late onset with we call LADA or type 1.5 diabetics. And those are late onset in life. They normally find out that they have diabetes around their late 20s, possibly early 30s. A type 1 to 1.5 diabetic require insulin to maintain their sugars. And so they have hyperglycemia or the high blood sugars. And so they have to take boluses of insulin. It's not uncommon to see a bolus of insulin for their meal time to be anywhere from 10 units of insulin, four units of insulin, to possibly um, 20 units of insulin, just depending on where they are in their life span and how the insulin is being produced in their body. If the, if the kidneys are excreting the sugars and they're maintaining their sugars and their GFR rate is good and their pancreas is producing a little bit of insulin, they don't have to take as much during meal times of insulin. However, during later on in life when their pancreas just completely up and quits, they have to start taking more and more sugar, uh, not more and more sugar, they have to take more and more insulin. And so it's not uncommon to see someone starting to take 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 units of insulin. Now, to a lot of people, they think, oh, this is, this is crazy. They take 
10 units, 15 units at a meal time. They take 60 units daily. This is insane. They're going to overdose on insulin. No, they're not going to overdose on insulin. What they're doing is trying to maintain their body to survive. We have to understand that those two things that I said, the mealtime insulin and the 60 units of insulin, are two separate medications. We have long-acting insulin and we have short-acting insulin. Short-acting insulin is what we consider our mealtime insulin. It's going to have a rapid rise to bring down the sugars and then a rapid fall. It's not going to last in the system much more than two to three hours. Whereas the long-acting insulin is going to last for about 24 hours. So they're taking in this insulin to help stabilize their blood sugars. So how do they manage to know what their blood sugars are? Well, previously in diabetics, they had to poke their fingers. And this has only been in the past 20 years. Before that, they had to guess. And how did the insulin come? Well, insulin came in the form of animal insulin. Now we have synthetic insulin. So the animal insulin, we had a lot of anaphylactic reactions from it. Now with the synthetic, we have a lot of reduced anaphylactic reactions or the allergic reactions to the insulin. So when they take in insulin, they have to make sure that they're checking their blood sugars. So previous to point of care monitors, they had to use ketone test strips. Now they use the point of care. But if they're getting on that cutting edge of that technology that we're getting to today, that technology in diabetes, they might have a continuous glucose monitor. So where at point of care, they're gonna be taking a blood sugar before and after the meal so that they can kind of see the rise and fall of their sugars and calculate and do a lot of mathematical calculations on what's their carb to insulin ratio for every, you know, one, for every 10 carbs, they're taking one unit of insulin. So for one unit of insulin, they're taking 10 carbs, fifth, you know, uh, 15 carb, 20 carbs. It's whatever their carb to insulin ratio is. And so they have to do a lot of mathematical calculations. But with someone who has a continuous glucose monitor, they can see their blood sugar before, after, during, five minutes from now, one minute from now, they can see it rising, falling, and they can see the whole wave pattern during the whole entire time of the day for 24 hours. Continuous glucose monitors are great. Uh, they're accurate between 10 to 20 points. So if you come upon a patient and they have a continuous glucose monitor, you're more than likely gonna find one on their abdomen. Other brands might be up on their upper bicep. Um, some pay, place it on their posterior side of their bicep, but continuous glucose monitors allow them to reduce the amount of times they have to poke their finger. They usually last between about 10 days to 14 days. There's just a, a kind of a range between one to two weeks that it's going to last on their body before they have to change the site and they'll have to remove it and they'll have to place another site on their abdomen. Now, if they want to reduce the amount of times that they have to inject insulin, if they're doing multiple injections a day, like four times a day, three, one injection for every meal, and then one long-acting injection, if they want to reduce the amount of times they're injecting insulin throughout the day, they'll move to an insulin pump. And insulin pumps come in various different brands, 
But now in the technology of diabetics, we have insulin pumps that are being married to the smartphones, which are the continuous glucose monitors and the continuous glucose monitors are talking to the pumps and the pumps are talking to the monitors and they're helping control the diabetes. One brand out there that is helping with this is Tandem. And Tandem has two technologies that are out there. They have the Basal IQ and the Control IQ. So the Basal IQ is trying to protect the diabetic from going too low. The biggest problem that any diabetic faces in going too low is that they've given themselves insulin, they start going low, and the insulin pump continues to give the insulin, and they keep going lower and lower and lower, and then they're trying to give themselves sugar to bring themselves up, up, up. The basal IQ technology is amazing because it recognizes through the patterns and through statistics and mathematical calculations that this person is projected to go low in 30 minutes or less and they suspend the insulin delivery. Now in an insulin pump it's giving little boluses of insulin. So where that person was taking 60 units of that long-acting insulin, it's giving that 60 units over a, the whole period of the day in little increments. And so of short acting insulin, not long acting insulin. So that insulin pump is delivering those little increments of insulin of that short acting throughout the day to help control the blood sugar. So as they start to go low, it recognizes it, it shuts off and it alerts the person, hey, you were going low, I've shut off the pump, maybe you need to eat something, check your sugars. And so the person then goes and takes care of the problem. Their smartphones alerted them from their CGM. The insulin pump has made noise and they're now taking care of themselves. And the interesting thing about all this technology is some CGMs allow for sharing to family members so that they know if the individual is going low. No more you come home and you find your husband, wife, sister, brother laying on the ground unresponsive no, you get an alert to your phone every time that they go high, every time that they go low, depending on what range you set. So insulin pumps are making a change for diabetics because this medical technology is not only changing their life, it's saving their lives. Insulin pumps aren't artificial pancreases. Uh, a lot of people think that they're an artificial pancreas. No, the pancreas still does so much more than just deliver insulin but it does make life easier for a diabetic to reduce the amount of injections but the problem is they still have to change their site every three days so every three days they're changing their site for the insulin pump every 10 to 14 days they're changing their continuous glucose monitor in their abdomen or around the area and they are constantly having to change the sites so it's kind of a pain but the benefit is they are able to control their blood sugars and keep them from going too low. Now you remember I talked about that Control IQ technology, which is the most recent technology ta Tandem has released. And this is to reduce people from going high. When it starts projecting that you're going too high above the range that you've set, let's say 200 is the high blood sugar that you've set, it starts putting in a little bit more insulin to start bringing you down. 
And the other beautiful thing about insulin pumps is it's got all the mathematical calculations in there that you input the amount of carbs. You already have your carb to insulin ratio set inside the pump. You have your sensitivity to one unit of insulin. Maybe you drop 50 points in a blood sugar. Maybe you drop 20 points and the sensitivity is put in there. So when you eat pizza and you know how many carbs is, you put it in your insulin pump, you hit go, and it says based on your current blood sugar, it's a little bit high, you might need to add a couple more units of insulin. It's an amazing calculator, it pairs with the CGM, it really does a lot of benefits for diabetics where we didn't have this 20, 30 years ago. So that's kind of a rundown on continuous glucose monitors, insulin pumps. But how does this affect EMS? Well, when we run on patients, as we're going to be running on them, they're more than likely going to be having an issue with one of these. They're either going to be having a low blood sugar or a high blood sugar. But specifically, we're more concerned with someone having a low blood sugar. We understand that the high blood sugars, they might go into diabetic ketoacidosis. But the low blood sugars, that's normally when we have to get out the glucagon or the D50. So here's a couple points for you. Because smartphones and CGMs and insulin pumps, they can have, there are technology and technology can fail, people can have problems. And sometimes they don't realize that they're having those problems until it's too late. CGMs can be 10 to 20 points off of what a point of care monitor will read. It's just put into the system. It's understood. Occasionally diabetics have to calibrate the CGM uh, throughout the day. So understand that they're going to be 10 to 20 points off. So if you run on a patient and they have a blood sugar of 70, they could have a blood sugar of 80 on a point of care or a blood sugar of 60. If they are presenting with that altered mental status, unresponsive, start treating the low blood sugar. The other thing is if the pump is malfunctioning, we need to either suspend. So you need to get into the pump and hit suspend. So if you know a diabetic, talk to them, understand how their pumps work so that you kind of can understand when you run on a call. If you don't know how the pump works, but someone else is there, have them suspend the pump. But if you don't and no one else is around, disconnect the pump. Grab the alligator clip on either side and pull it out of the site. It'll just pull right out. And if you can't figure it out, depending on the brand, um, it's just too much of a, a hassle um, and it's it's a very difficult call cut the cord cut the insulin uh, delivery uh, tubing from the pump to the site and just cut it no more insulin will be de being delivered to the patient at that point so either suspend disconnect or last resort cut the tubing that's dealing with the insulin pumps. If you have a CGM uh, and you're dealing with someone with a CGM, you may not have to poke their finger, check their phone, Use, utilize their phone before you have to poke their finger. It may save you a couple steps. You can also see their past history for the past 24 hours. So understanding these things can help us deal with these diabetics, but Anytime we're dealing with technology, as I've already said, it can fail. So when in doubt, as I always say, when in doubt, do the polka. When in doubt, 
poke them and do a point of care blood sugar test. If you think something is not right, do a point of care blood sugar test and poke their finger and check their blood sugar. That is what I always say as a golden rule dealing with individuals with diabetes. This was kind of a rundown on continuous glucose monitors, insulin pumps, and the use of smartphones with diabetes. I hope this helps you guys out in those fields. And if you know someone with diabetes, talk to them, visit with them. They would be glad to share about how their insulin pump works or how their continuous glucose monitor works or how they handle their diet and their daily life with diabetes. It's a difficult disease to have diabetes and it never goes away. It lasts a lifetime. So if you meet a diabetic, tell them that they're doing everything that they can and that you're there to help cheer them on. From all of us here at Brush Up on EMS, thank you, have a great week, and have a safe weekend.